shoot your shot. Hey, come on now, shoot your shot. Hey, come on, one, two, shoot your shot. Hey, come on now, shoot your shot. Shoot it, shoot it, shoot it, shoot it, shoot your shot. Welcome back to the Shoot Your Shot podcast. My name is Bradshaw Furlong, and I have a guest. Uh, there's no Karina this week once again, but I think I got someone even better this week. Uh, she's a comedian, she's a writer, as well as the host of the My Mom Thinks I'm Funny podcast, and a self-described WNBA enthusiast. She is Chelsea Late. How are you doing? Hi, I'm good. Thanks for having me. Uh, so this is, we're not doing, there's no finals preview for me this week, uh, even though the Bucks are in the final. Uh, I'm not doing a finals preview. We're going to do a WNBA little midseason check-in. I've wanted to do a lot of WNBA, but because Karina has so many jobs, she's actually not allowed to talk about the WNBA on this podcast. So I took advantage of it this week, and we're going to get some WNBA. We're going to do some all-star thoughts. We're going to go with some the big discussion around you know expansion, all the roster cuts, everything crazy going on there, uh, and then some awards, some midseason awards. So we'll get into it with the all-star teams. Uh, let's get your overall thoughts first on the all-star teams, because they were announced, I believe, last week. Um, and there were, I mean, obviously with this year being an Olympic year, it's a little bit more confusing and they had the, all the USA team facing all the the rest of the WNBA all-stars. So kind of what are your thoughts on the WNBA all-star team? Yeah. Um, honestly, judging by the actual Olympic team, the actual, like the all-star team, the other section wasn't that surprising to me. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think there was anybody on there that I was like, Whoa, like that's a shock. Um, obviously there is snubs because like everyone in the yeah. in the WNBA is good. So like, mm-hmm. you know, you could put anybody on that team and it would be good. But yeah, I think I was, I wasn't too shocked. And especially, you know, I was just happy that Benajah Laney got her, got her mm-hmm. mention because yeah, that course. was my main one. I was like, if Laney isn't on this team, I'm going to riot. <laughs> so as soon as I saw her name, I was like, we're good. <laughs> I, for me, it was, I mean, obviously for me, it was Arike Agumbawale. I was, I mean, I was pretty sure she was going to get on there. Like she's one of the leading scorers in the W this year. I, I would disagree with one that it was a surprise. I was, and I'm a fan of the wings. I was shocked Satu Sabali made the all-star team. Absolutely True. stunned she made the all-star team. Over Marina Mabry, too. Especially over Marina. Like, especially because, like, sabali has been back, and she's played well since she's been back, but Marina's been there all season and is, like, probably the leader for most improved player. We can get to that, and we'll get yeah. to that a little later. But Sabali was the one where I was like, okay, uh, I was a little surprised there. Yeah. I mean, yeah, especially when you think of like the the whole Dallas roster and like how much Marina has just like made an impact on their team. Mm-hmm. I for sure. Um, how, is this her first All Star appearance? Yeah, yeah. She yeah, yeah she okay. didn't make it last year for Arike and uh, Satu. They both made it this their okay. first time this year. Yeah. Um, so I guess like, would you do you have a biggest surprise aside from maybe Sabley? Because that that was mine. But do you have a bigger surprise than that? I don't think I have much of a surprise for that side. I think I was more shocked by the Olympic side than anything. Okay. <laughs> let's, let's, let's get into that a little bit. We'll get into that a little bit. So yeah. obviously we're in a, a WNBA group chat together, and there was a big yeah. discussion over two names in particular, with Diana Taurasi and Sue Bird that made it. Yeah. Um, that was my biggest thing. I, obviously, I, I'm not taking any way, anything away from either of them. They're both obviously two of the best players in the history of the entire league. Uh, but particularly Sue Bird, I'm just wondering if like there were probably players that are better than her now that could have been on the roster. I mean, yeah, I think a big decision one for the Olympic team is that it's a lot of UConn people decide who goes on the Olympic team. But it's That's also true. I think they 
are going to say it's a lot of like veteran presence mm-hmm. and leadership. And I mean, Sue Bird, like she's so clutch too. like yeah. Sue Bird can can drop a three basically whenever <laughs> she wants. And so I feel like that's something that you need on an Olympic team, too, because, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to get competitive and things will probably at some point come down to the wire. I don't know mm-hmm. about for the USA team, but yeah, I think and it's not surprising because they want to go for five. And if you mm-hmm. put Diana Taurasi on that team and you don't put two bird and, you know, so they're you kind of a can't have one without point. the other. Exactly. So I feel like it would have been a snub if they put DT on and they didn't put Sue on, mm-hmm. but then, and vice versa as well. Right. But yeah, I just, it, I wasn't so much shocked about that. Like I, they're both very deserving. And obviously mm-hmm. when you think about they're going for five, like makes sense and, yeah. you know, very American of them to want to go and like <laughs> get that five for America. Uh, no offense to America, but I was more surprised about the NECA snub. Like, yeah, no, no NECA Gumbawale. Like what? Yeah. I was, I was definitely a little surprised by that too. Um, but I, I just like the thing with that is like, who do you take off the roster? I'm, I'm just looking at like, maybe it's like Nafisa Collier is like, it's her first time. And you know, yeah. Third year player, I believe. People- I saw a lot of people saying like Ariel Atkins mm-hmm. would have been the person that you take off for, for Gumbawale, but yeah. And then they tried to say it was something about like her having an injury, but then like Diana Taurasi was also injured when they, and I guess they probably had a better timeline of when Diana right. was going to come back as opposed to when NECA is going to come back. But like, still, I don't know. And then she didn't even make the WNBA all-star team. That was, I was like, yeah. again, that, that's an injury. That's probably an injury thing as well, but yeah. you're still like surprised. Like, okay, at least have like, they do it in all the other leagues and all the other men's leagues where it's like, okay, they'll, they'll vote the one person. And then if they can't play, then they just have an injury replacement later. Like, it seems like a super easy thing to do. Just give her like the nominal all-star appearance, get her on her resume. They're like, okay, she made the all-star team this year. And then you can just injury replace her later. Yeah, honestly. And like, I was even shocked. I know Candace Parker has made it in the past, but I was even shocked Candace Parker wasn't on the Olympic team. I was stunned. Absolutely yeah. stunned. Like, I could like, not believe that. Okay, I, if Agumawali is injured, that's a thing, whatever. Yeah. Like, go with that. But then not putting Candace Parker on? Like, I don't know. Mm. And she's been on the Olympic team before, too. I saw there was a little bit of tea about that, but I don't know enough about it to actually, like, say anything about it. But, yeah, Candace Parker was a big snub for me, mm-hmm. too. I mean, my one thing is, like, hopefully, like, Maybe it's a thing of like, okay, Candace Parker, at least, you know, she's on the WNBA team, uh, Liz Cambage, Dewana Bonner, uh, John Quill's obviously there. Like, so hopefully it's a little more balanced instead of like, okay, the USA team is just stacked. Okay, let's give them Candace Parker too. Um, yeah. So would you like, would you say like NECA is probably your biggest snub from the All-Star team as well? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That, that would probably be mine as well. So, well, aside from like my bias for Marina Mabry, but like that was more sure. so a thing of like, if you're going to have two wings, it made more sense to just have marike instead yes. of arike and Setu together yeah um yeah I, it's just i'm because I'm, I'm staring at the roster i'm just looking at it i'm like i'm just yes. so confused why some of these women aren't on the usa team specifically like i just still couldn't believe candace parker like we yeah i'm still i'm like to this day i'm still going to be baffled why candace parker didn't make the usa team I, yeah, I'm shocked. It's like, and she's playing so good too. Like if you look at the record for Chicago this year, like you can literally tell when Candace Parker was there and when she was injured and like, she's basically the reason for their success mm-hmm. so far. And so, yeah. And she's just like, I feel like she's at her peak. Mm-hmm. Like this, It just... seems like this would be the prime opportunity to have her on the, on, on the team. Exactly. I don't know. It was just so shocking to me. I was like, really? No Candace Parker? And I, I mean, maybe it was biased because I love, love, love Candace Parker. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean, uh, I mean, we'll get into Candace Parker a little bit her season because I want to talk about her for one of the awards that we have. But yeah, 
let's do a quick like a prediction for the all-star game because this I, I think this could actually be really good i mean obviously the usa team has a lot of star i mean they both have a lot of star power but yeah. having asia wilson and um and Brianna Stewart obviously is going to. You have two of the you have the arguably the two best players in the W. But I still think like it's still a you have decent matchups like or, you know like the USA team has Brittany Griner, but you can still combat that with Liz Cambage. Like there's like okay you have the two side you have both sides there. Candace Parker, John Quill's having an incredible season. Like we'll get oh, into yeah. her as well. Um, sure. Who would you who who do you have for this? Like just thinking about it right now. Um, it's before the Olympics, correct? Yeah. It is, yeah. 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 I think that Team WNBA might have it just because the USA team might be trying to, like, keep it back, you know? Save <laughs> get re- it. Just get ready? Yeah, like, that's their warm-up, you know? So right. I feel like they might be not going as hard as mm-hmm. they might be, where I feel like the WNBA team, one, there might be a bit of, like, heat there. Like, you know, I maybe should have been on the USA team, so I'm going to, like, prove it. And mm-hmm. also, like, I mean, a bunch of these players are going to be in the Olympics for other teams, so, like, sure, they're probably not going to go as hard but also yeah like the usc the usa team is probably you know going to save themselves for when it matters which is the olympics so yeah that's my gut is that i'm I'm thinking team WNBA. i i I think i'm going to go with the WNBA as well i i I feel like like you brought up like how you know some of the players might be a little like they felt like got snubbed off the usa roster i feel like maybe we get like a candace parker like 40 point game just like all right you should have picked me like i'm going off now i'm just gonna (laughs) and it's just a little it's a little sad that the WNBA team is going to be the by far the hardest competition that Team USA has to face. Like, no offense oh, yeah. to the other countries, but it's, you're getting all these players that are going to end up being spread out to other countries. So this is yeah. by far the toughest competition they're going to have to face. For sure. So it's, it's going to be a nice tune-up for them. I'm, I think I'm going to have to go with the WNBA team as well. I want to see a nice Arike yeah. game as well, obviously. But I'm a little biased. I have my Arike jersey behind me, but yeah. <laughs> I'm a little biased. But you know what? I, I think she has it. She's a third, third or fourth leading scorer in the league this year. Yeah. Uh, so obviously we talked about, you know, there's could have been, as you mentioned earlier, there could have been plenty of snubs, plenty of snubs from the roster. And that just talks about how deep the talent pool is in the WNBA. And one of the like biggest storylines of this entire season, probably the biggest storyline of the entire season is all of the roster cuts and women, you know, getting like the week signed for like on a hardship exception and then cut the next day. Lexi Brown, I think has been cut like six times. Uh, Kale at Clarendon has been cut like four or five times. Natasha Mack, same thing. All mm-hmm. these women are like not getting these chances. And obviously there are bigger cuts recently. Chelsea Dupree got cut. Kia Stokes got cut. I think she got signed. I think the, I think the aces ended up signing her, didn't they? Yeah. Kia Stokes went to the aces, right. but still like that. These are two bigger names in the WNBA that haven't been able to play. There've been a bunch of, there've been a couple of free agents just haven't gotten signed this year. So I, yeah. I just your general thoughts and kind of like the cuts this season so far. We'll start with just the cuts because I want to get into the rookies in a second. Yeah. But the cuts and how like some of the more veteran players are kind of getting squeezed out now as opposed to like not just the rookies because the rookies have been a whole different story. Yeah. I honestly feel like there is a little bit more, not incentive, but like I feel like teams are going to start cutting veterans at this point because like players have so much more longevity these days, which is amazing. And Mm -hmm. like, that's something that's really good for sports in general, but you know, then you have all these rookies coming up who don't even are like, aren't even getting chances. And so, you know, in the um, instance of Candice Dupree, like it was, she wasn't playing as well. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the storm were making cuts anyway. And I feel like they just decided to go with their younger roster, which I mean, isn't an issue. They're doing very well, but yeah, I just in it it's sad, you know. I wish there was more spots for them and I wish there was more teams for them and you know, 
it must be sad for your career to just kind of end because you got cut instead of being Mm -hmm. like you making the personal decision to be like, okay, I'm ending now. So I feel like we're going to start seeing that a little bit more often, obviously not with big names, like, you know, Sue Bird and Diana and all that, but as there's that push and even it was um, Simone Augustus was the one who retired this year because, you know, her reasoning was to give other people a chance Mm -hmm. to, to have those spots. So I feel like we're going to start seeing, you know, things like that a bit more because there aren't as many spots and there's so many rookies coming up now that, you know, not only need the spots, but for the future of the franchises, you need those rookies to start, you know, getting their time in. So. And it's tough, like especially with the rookies, like if you're drafted in like, I don't even know if you're like, even like a second round pick at this point, you have no chance of making the roster. Like you're looking at like the second overall pick of Wakuria has barely played for the wings this year. Like, yeah. like and, and that's a situation where she hasn't played very well when she did get in, but she's not even getting the opportunity to play. Like she can't even like show that she's getting better in game situations. Like I think the only reason to, like Charlie Collier is playing, she starts, but she doesn't even play a ton. Like they yeah. usually go to Bella Allery a little later in the game or like Kayla Thornton comes in. And they go small, but like it's just crazy. Like some of the top five players, like Chelsea Dungey hasn't gotten to play. Kaiser Gondrzejczyk hasn't gotten to play. And like yeah. these are like the top players in like from the draft. I know like there was a whole discussion about a weak rookie class and everything. Yeah. But then you have so you have like the veteran players like a Diana Taurasi and a Sue Bird. Like they got criticized for like holding out, holding onto spots. But Diana Taurasi still playing at a high level. You can't take she can't give up a spot if she's still averaging like sixteen points a game. No, and a like very effective player. Yeah. yeah, like can't. And you could even tell, you know, when she doesn't play, she doesn't play as many minutes, like Phoenix sees that. And like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I watch a lot of storm games too. And when Sue Bird is on the floor, like you can tell. And so these players, they're not just going to give up their livelihood and give up their, their, you know, spot that they've been working so hard for, mm-hmm. you know, just because of this, but you know, it's kind of a, there's no right answer. There's no wrong answer about, you know, who you give the people to, you know, mm-hmm. the teams just want to succeed and, you know, you have to do what's best for the team, but yeah, it's, it's, I think the issue is that one, the season isn't long enough to develop right. a young player. So like by the time you really have to start making a playoff push, like if your player isn't ready, like they're not getting the chance cause you need mm-hmm. to put your best people forward and you need to make the push to make the playoffs. But at the same time, like, there's also not enough spots too. like, you can't just keep a player with the hopes of developing them. Like say like the Raptors or like another NBA team would, mm-hmm. you know, you can't put a player on like a two way contract or whatever, but you know, it's hard. And I think that the answer to that is just either more teams or more spots. Yeah. Like, Cause right now you're, you're going to have these women be forced to like, they're going to have to be forced to go overseas for most of their, for like real opportunity at this point. And that's then the problem with that is a lot of the players that are like secured spots already will also go over. Like a lot of the wings players go over a lot of like the star players go overseas to play in the off season. Well, one, because the wages aren't as good as they should be, but, and two, just like, so they can keep playing and like that also limits spots overseas as well. But I think you're going to end up seeing some of the rookies just think, okay, like, especially in like, again, second round, third round, they're going to end up looking like, okay, I know for sure I'm not making the team. I'm going to already start looking overseas to try and find a job because there's no chance of me making the team. Oh yeah. And like, even when you think about the top 10 draft picks, like, other than the top five and then Michaela Onyenwede, like where's the rest of all of them? Like nowhere. Mm-hmm. So like, unless you're like a top five or you're like, I don't know, Paige Beckers, like, are you going to stay on your team? Like there's, yeah. I feel like these days there's no guarantee. Like, you know, there's, you could be drafted. What I'm, we'll talk about this, but like top <laughs> eight and still get cut. So yeah, it's, because like again, like with Shyla Hill especially, that's yeah. that's the main one is that she's you know she had that crazy situation, and now she's not playing, 
Uh, it like and, and that's the thing, and not even like they, they got cut, but again, like like I mentioned earlier, Kouye, uh Dungey, and then Kaiser, like Kaiser Gondrachek is playing on the worst team and still barely getting any minutes. Like obviously, yeah. again, she might not be that good, and that hurts me as a West Virginia fan. But like, yeah. it, it she might it maybe it just isn't as good as like you should, they hope she would be. But like, she's on the worst team and she's still not getting a ton of minutes. It feels yeah. like if you're the Fever and you have one win. It's like, all right, well, let's just see what we have here. Let's keep playing her and like let's yeah. see if we can find maybe Kelsey Mitchell a new home and just try to move forward with our younger players. Yeah, like that seems like, like a prime spot. And... Yeah. The yeah. fever seemed like the prime spot for a team that could just like, all right, we're gonna take in a bunch of young players and just try mm-hmm. it our best and like try and figure things out instead of like having again like Shiley Hill get cut or a rock like and then the wings are a tough situation where like i don't think they expected to be as good as they have been so far <laughs> and we'll get into like surprises and disappointments i don't think they expected to be this good i think they expected like hopefully they could have like gotten kouye and dungy some more minutes and even dana evans when she was on the team they had to yeah. basically give dana evans away because they didn't have a spot for her anymore because <laughs> yeah. the wings have such a deep roster so i'm just like with the liberty it's like the only reason we're getting like Michaela and Wede I think is getting any playing time is because they weren't expecting to be this good so like all right we need her to play and she's yeah. been a revelation oh she has been and like I feel like more teams should kind of do what New York Liberty did both last year and this year last year was kind of like the like transition year but like this year really it's been paying off or they just like went young completely Mm -hmm. like last year seven people in their roster were rookies and like now this year they have more experience they got you know benajelani and you know now they're really working and so with michaela like she literally got drafted and started like she's Mm -hmm. started every single game and so you know i feel like that formula has really worked well for them because not only are they able to use their draft picks like even Dee richards who got drafted i think like 16th or 17th is mm-hmm. still getting better minutes than people who were drafted number one two three whatever mm-hmm. so you know i think if indiana kind of took that method and tried to kind of blow it up and go young and you know i mean new york got their number one draft pick and they've kind of just been building around her so you know, Hey, what's up? (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. And so I think that method's really worked well for them. And I mean, it's, it's also about chemistry too. Like, I feel like this Liberty team has a lot of chemistry and that also helps, but yeah, it just, I feel like teams either have to go that route or kind of, unless they have their all-stars, like, you know, Phoenix has their big three and the storm have their big three. And so obviously you work around them, but Mm. yeah, it just, it's, I'm shocked at how these rookies are just getting like tossed to the side and like, what are you going to do in a couple of years? Well, I guess there'll be new rookies every year, but yeah, it's it just, it's, it's shocking. And yeah, the whole thing with Shiley Heal. I mean, I, I still think in the draft that uh, Dana Evans should have been drafted to Chicago just to begin with. Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that whole situation just drafted Dana Evans and yeah. then that was it. But I mean, good for Dana Evans. She got, she got what she wanted in the end, mm-hmm. but yeah, that was still crazy where, you know, they drafted her and she came and I think she had two practices and then they cut her and yeah. wild for a, a, a cutter for, like you said, cut her for a player that they could have gotten at that same spot. And there's like, well, what you just basically wasted her time. You wasted Shiloh yeah. Hill's time. You wasted, I mean, you essentially wasted Dana Evans's time by like going to Dallas. Cause she yeah. wasn't, she, they, there was no way Dana, unless she played out of her mind, there was no way she was going to get any minutes on a team with guards that like Marina Mabry, Arike, uh, Ty Harris and Mo Jefferson. Like there's not, you're not going to get a ton of minutes on that team. So it, I, I'm glad, again, I'm glad it worked out for Dana Evans, but it came at mm-hmm. the expense of somebody else who should be on a roster who could be playing. 
Yeah. And, and, and again, like we talked, like you mentioned earlier, like there really only are two options. It's either more spots or expansion and expansion doesn't seem like something that's coming yeah. for a couple years now. So it seems like you have to get yeah. more spots, but they also just renegotiated the CBA. So how can yeah. they add more spots without renegotiating the CBA once again? Obviously at the time there were bigger problems at hand than yeah. roster spots. It was about the wages, but now it's like, okay, there, you can have max 12 players on a team, but because of the cap, most teams are only at 11. One player gets hurt. Now you're at the hardship. Now you can sign someone. Okay, this player is injured. Like it was like a player would be injured for a day. They'd be injured for one game and they'd sign someone. Yeah. And they'd be playing that same day. And then they'd get cut the next day because, okay, now the person's healthy again. We're fine. We don't yeah. need you anymore. That's, that's, that's my, that's my one concern is just that. Yeah. It, there, there has to be more. I think it has to be their rosters have to come first. I don't know how they're going to do it because, again, they just renegotiated the CBA, but. Yeah. I think that has to be the first thing, right? Like that, that has to be the first things first. Like, cause it's 12 players is too few to have on a roster. The NBA is at 15. I believe you can have max on a roster. I think they upped it to 17 yeah. this year. Yeah. And then when you think like, like you just said, most teams do 11 because of the cap. And then, you know, then you don't have, you know, you don't, then their bench isn't deep, you know, mm -hmm. as soon as a good player gets injured, like we saw with Chicago, as soon as Candace Parker got injured, you know, that was looking rough for a while. And if she was actually like, if it was a serious, more serious injury, like their whole season would have been blown. And so, yeah, it just, it's frustrating that. And then you have these players, they come in for their, you know, hardship or, you know, they get signed and they barely have any time to like, you know, get in with the team and, you know, then they get their week or two and then they're out of a job again. So it's just, yeah. it's like so inconsistent. I can't even imagine being in that position where you just have to stay ready all the time in case someone just calls you. Mm -hmm. like, like shout out to Laisha Carrington for like, Clarendon for like at like she came in on a hardship for the links and then like played her way into a spot but that's oh, yeah. like that but that's because she had multiple games to like prove that she can like you know fit in with the team and like fit with the, what they're doing most of these women don't get that chance like Natasha Mack doesn't get a ton of those chances a ton of these women aren't getting that chance to like come in and like play for multiple games it's like okay one game hardship exception all right see you later we just needed you for the yeah. one game and you barely got to play anyway it's, yeah. it's frustrating for like it's frustrating for the rookies like this year and then the rookies that are coming in again next year and future years until they expand and it's tough for the like the veterans that like they're not great they're not like all-star caliber players but they're still useful enough to be in this league and they're still useful enough players to like fill out a bench get spot minutes here and there like they're still useful players and they're just getting squeezed out of spots now yeah it's, I, I just i don't know where they go from here it's it's confused like I go back to like Candace Dupree, like she's like fourth or fifth on the all-time scoring like list. Mm -hmm. And I mean, she's been in the league for I think 15 plus years now. So obviously you're going to accumulate a lot of points, but like still like you have a player with that reputation and, you know, and who has won championships and then, you know, you just cut them. And mm -hmm. like, imagine how that feels for, you know, you've dedicated your entire life to the sport. And then all of a sudden you're just like, Oh, I'm cut. Like yeah. what's going to happen. So like yeah, Kia, I agree. Kia like, Stokes is the, I believe, is the Liberty's all-time leader in blocks, and that's a like a, a historic franchise in the W are the Liberty, and she's yeah. their all-time. And, and obviously, like I, I haven't watched a ton of Liberty games, but from what I've heard, she hasn't played very well at all this season. So, which is fair, like it's an understandable decision, but it's like still like that's still like obviously she has a track record of, record of success. She played in New York for six seasons, blocked a ton of shots, is a pretty good player relatively still, mm -hmm. and I mean she just got signed to one of the best teams in the league, so clearly yeah. she still has a use. She still has yeah. a purpose in the 
this league. It's just unfortunate that like they're getting squeezed out of these spots when there are like there should be spots available for both the rookies and the veterans. Like it shouldn't be one or the other because like I feel like I've been talking like it should okay it has to be either the rookies or the veterans. Like there's yeah. room for both. You absolutely can do both. There just isn't the room for teams to do either. And it would be beneficial for them to do both because like you see it in the NBA all the time where like the, you know, the veteran players are like mentoring the younger mm-hmm. players and it makes them better players. And, you know, it kind of also helps with the community of like the team and like the fan base. And so, you know, I feel like it's hard for people to like even like be fans of certain players in the league because all of a sudden, you know, they're cut or they get moved to a different team or whatever. And unless mm-hmm. you're like a generational legacy, like Sue Bird or Diana Trossi, like your player isn't going to stay on the same team for, you know, more than a couple seasons. So you have these rookies who are well now more veteran players and they're like third or fourth year who have been on a different team every year. Like how do you build like a, like a franchise or a community or a fan base if your roster is just kind of like going all over the place? Mm-hmm. And for especially for some of the like not fully veteran like a Candace Dupree or a Kia Stokes, but like a younger player like Alexi Bra- like Alexi Brown or mm-hmm. Natasha Mack, like these are players that like you don't know what you quite had there. Like I think about someone specifically was would be Marina Mabry. Her first two seasons in the league weren't great. Like she wasn't a great player before this season, and like they easily could have like just cut her to the side and be like, hey, you haven't shown us anything in two seasons. All right, we got a young rookie that's coming in. Dan Evans is here. We're gonna give her a shot. Thankfully, she broke. She had the opportunity to break out because like just due to the wing circumstance with three on three, some like overseas players coming in, like she at least had the opportunity to show what she could do. But like we could have another, we could have another Marina Mabry waiting there, but with it, she well, will never. She might not get a chance. It's like Laney too, Benajah Laney. Like mm-hmm. she was on. I think it was, uh, I forget her first team. I think it was like Indiana or something. And Mm -hmm. she got cut. And then she got signed to Atlanta last year in the bubble. One most improved player. Mm -hmm. And like had an amazing breakout season. And then got signed with the Liberty. And now she's having an even better breakout season. Like, And it's just proving how good she is. And obviously she's obviously improved. And, you know, you get better over time. But obviously she's always been a good player. Mm -hmm. And so I, I can only think about, I'm pretty sure it was Indiana, but I'm, I might be wrong. I'm like 90% sure. But like, think about if a player playing at her level right now was still on that team and they had taken the time to develop her, like how much better they could be doing. Exactly. Yeah. I, I just, I, I really feel like, like and again, like not everyone is going to turn out to be a Marina Mabry or a, or a Benajah Like they're like, they're just, some of them aren't just actually going to be that end up being that good, but like, mm-hmm. it's just like, they might not have the chance to do so. And it's just, it's really unfortunate. I want to do one question, one more quick thing before okay. we do before we finish up with this. Um, just the rookie class in general, because obviously they haven't gotten a ton of chances. Yeah. Is it just is it all because it's just a weak kind of a kind of a weaker rookie class? Because like Kaiser Gondrashek could be playing more. She's again, she's not on a great team. She could be playing more. Like a Wakurie could have earned more minutes, but she hasn't. Chelsea Dungey, same thing. Like, is it just a weaker rookie class? Because again, there's basically one rookie that's played a ton in Michele Onuede, and that's about it. Like Eric yeah. McDonald's played pretty like a, a decent amount of minutes. Charlie Collier has played a decent amount of minutes, but it's after those three, it's kind of like, okay, now it's like Dee Dee Richards probably is the next, is probably having the next, and obviously shout out to like Dee Dee Richards and Michaela on They wouldn't have gotten the minutes if they didn't deserve them. Yeah. Obviously for they sure. deserve the minutes. Like Michaela obviously deserves to be starting. She's earned that spot. It's not yeah. just because the Liberty were expecting to be bad, but like, I, I, is it just because it's a weaker rookie class that this is happening? Like, are we, is, is it going to be, are we going to like talk about next year where it's like, okay, the, the rookies are playing more because they actually deserve the minutes as opposed to this year where it's like, okay, they're just not that good. 
I don't know. Cause like I watched the, the women's March madness this year and like, mm-hmm. it was, it was good and competitive and all of the players that have now transitioned into the, into the WNBA, like they were playing amazing in college and obviously college is different and you have that kind of transition period. And I mean, I don't think the class was bad per se. Like, obviously if you get any of these players and you give them the time to like, you know, get better, they're going to have an impact. But I honestly just think it's because the teams don't have the time, the effort or the mm-hmm. money to, really develop them like anybody's going to have kind of like a slump when obviously they just played a whole college season in a pandemic did March Madness the whole thing and then immediately go and do this season and Mm so you know I feel like it would be hard for anyone even if you were if even if it was a stacked rookie class and you know obviously there's going to be you know years where you know the draft is going to you know get more attention than other years I feel like once you know a couple of years once Paige Beckers gets in yeah. the draft, like it's, oh, that's yeah. going to be a crazy year. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, yeah. I feel like people are going to be like trying to get that first, those first <laughs> round picks that year, but like it was last you know, year when Sabrina, we went first overall, like that was the same thing. Everyone wanted like to not tank specifically, but like yeah. that was like a really more, a more hyped up rookie class. Cause you had Sabrina, you had say too, you had those two like stars coming out of Oregon this yeah. year. There wasn't like, obviously Charlie was like the consensus number one pick. Like everyone knew that was going to happen. Yeah. A walk was like, it was like, pretty much a guarantee that she was going to, but then yeah. after that, like we saw it, like after that, it went just bonkers. Like it, there was like a, a consensus top five people thought they had, and then I basically after two, it went insane. Like Chelsea oh, Dungey yeah. at four was a weird, like a wet, like a weird peck to me. Like she obviously five, she, I think. sorry, five. Yeah. And then yeah, sorry, Kaiser was four. Kaiser was Aerie four and Aerie three. was three, which like yeah. Aerie deserved after the, you know, March Madness run that Aerie McDonald had, like she mm-hmm. obviously deserved to get, you know, higher in the draft, but yeah, literally it was like one, two, and then chaos yeah they, no like, there were a couple players i think dana evans was one of them is expected to go higher than like well higher than she ended up going um it, it's just it was such a weird draft and like that's that's just my one thing is like maybe this is like it, it might not it's probably not as good of a rookie class as other years but there are still times where like i i wonder if some of these women could be playing more especially some of the higher picks and again i keep going back to a walk courier on the wings because <laughs> she's like a number two overall pick you expect her to be playing more she gets dmp'd every single night like yeah. she's just not playing, and it's like, hey, Charlie Collier is not setting the world on fire either. No disrespect to her, Bella O'Leary is not setting the world on fire. She's been fine. Mm-hmm. You'd think they could find some minutes for her, but they're nine and nine, and they're like could make the playoffs this year. And clearly, that I, I mean, obviously, that's going to matter to them. They want to make the playoffs, yeah. and they, if you're going to make the playoffs, you don't know how much time you can spend trying to develop a Wakurie who already was supposed to be a bit of a project. Yeah. So I don't know how much more time you can spend trying to develop her while also trying to make the playoffs and trying to get minutes for a pretty deep roster. Like I think the wings have one of the deeper rosters in the league and like pretty much anybody on that roster can get minutes, but you can't give good minutes to every player. And that's the tough thing. And that's like for a lot of teams, but again, the one that just confuses me the most is why Kaiser Gondrasek can't play for Indiana. Like obviously she isn't playing very well, but just you're not already not very good. You can't get much worse than you already are Indiana. Like it can't get any worse. It's sad too, because like they're completely like flashing the point that they like the fact that they picked her. Like she's on every advertisement. She's you know pictures of her walking in every day, mm-hmm. her outfits, and like you know, girl has style. Like mm-hmm. get it, like you, you know. But like to be using her in that sense and then not developing her as a player, which is probably obviously the thing that she wants to be doing instead of you know being like their cover girl, like. Mm-hmm it's kind of frustrating. It's just, you know, why would you draft someone that high? And then also you're having the season that you're having 
and then also blast her all over your social media, but then not take the time to develop her as a player. Yeah. Like you can only market someone so much without them being good or playing a lot. Like if she's not playing and isn't, it, it doesn't end up being any good because you didn't develop her or like give her the chance to show that she can be any good. You're not gonna have the chance to really market her. Like there's not gonna be much point in marking Kaiser Gondrasek three years from now. If she's still playing five minutes a night and is just like, it's like, oh, she's like, yeah, she, she's modeling the jerseys again. Great. But she's not playing very well. Kelsey Mitchell is our best player. And we're one in 15 again, like one in however many games again for the like fifth season in a row, because we just haven't decided to develop a rookie. I mean, they're going to get the first overall pick this year. That's a guarantee, but yeah, I, I just, I'm just, some of these are just so confusing to me. Yeah. Um, do you have any final thoughts on kind of the roster cuts and the, the, just the league in general, like not having enough spots for the, the amount of talent that they're supposed to have? I mean, I hope that we're going to start seeing a change soon because especially with the 25th anniversary and like all this stuff, like I feel like we're seeing a lot of moves in the WNBA this year and seeing a lot more viewership and more like fan based. And so I hope that kind of translates into more sponsorships and more like more money that Mm -hmm. they can, you know, move to expand the rosters and, you know, get a Toronto team. (laughs) Um, That's my number one. But of course, of course, but. Yeah, I just it's it's definitely frustrating. And I think if they don't do something about it soon, then it's going to start having really negative impacts on like the culture of the league. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's going to impact the community that they have a lot because it's already kind of like a closed off club. Mm -hmm. Now it's just going to become more of like a who, you know, exclusive, who's, you know, the best cover girl. And that's Mm -hmm. who's going to be the number one draft pick. I mean, the season before both Paige Beckers and Caitlin Clark get on the draft, that season's going to be nuts. Everybody's going to be tanking left, yeah. right, and center. So, yeah, that season, I don't think, I think that's going to be a fake season, but. <laughs> the Wings stockpiled the draft picks for the wrong draft is what I'm, is what I'm getting from this. They yeah. stockpiled like four, four first round picks for a pretty weak draft class, but Hey, maybe they'll get something out of it. Eventually. It certainly yeah. is not going to be rookie of the year. Uh, we'll get it. Let's start with the midseason awards now. And we'll start with rookie of the year. Cause that is by far, the easiest award to pick out of all of them. I assume we both have Charlie Collier, you know, for rookie of the year, obviously. Uh, no. <laughs> no. Uh, Michaela Onionwede, I assume is your rookie of the year. 100%. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't think, I don't think there, we need to do too much explanation. I mean, the fact that she's basically the only rookie that's starting the consistently yeah. and playing um, the amount of minutes is already all she needs to, is basically all the case she needs to make, but she's so good. Yeah. Like, she's she also like, incredible. She's a rookie and like halfway through the season, her, her career best is already like, I think over 30, like yeah. it's incredible. Yeah. Like that, that, like that's the thing is she's actually like, again, she's earned the minutes. It's not just because of the way, like I said earlier, it's not because the Liberty think they were going to be bad. And like, they are just like, all right, we'll give a rookie a chance. She's actually earned the minutes and she's played well when she's gotten to start. Like you said, she started every game. She's mm-hmm. earned that. And she's played well in every start. So I, I, there's no debate over rookie at this moment, like maybe no. like Charlie Collier goes off in the second half or Ari McDonald goes off in the second half. I could see there would that. have to be, there would have to like Michaela onion would have to take a deep dive and someone would yeah. have to like g- skyrocket for that to change. Um, yeah. She's won rookie of the month, both months already. And I have no doubt that she'll win <laughs> it for the rest of the, and it's sad because like, yeah, she's playing the best and she deserves it. And she's putting up amazing numbers, but also like, who else is there? Like, there's no other competition. It's Charlie Collier and Ari McDonald as like deep, deep honorable mentions, and that's like because that's just the situation. That like Charlie Collier gets some starts but plays 15 minutes. Ari yeah. McDonald plays but like doesn't play a ton and it hasn't been great, unfortunately. 
we could right now name like the first team all rookie right now just because of the number of rookies <laughs> yeah. there are in the league. Like, <laughs> let's just name the rookies that have started like at least half the games, and that's probably it. It's those three. Yeah. Diddy Richards probably makes it just again yeah. by default, and then I can't even think of a fifth one off the top of my head. Oh man, oh. Yeah, that, that, that's how unfortunate it has been for the rookies in this class. Is that like we can't even think of a fifth rookie that's played a decent amount of minutes, who like actually can like get in and play. Like it's not going to be the number two overall pick. No, unless she actually starts to play in the second half. Like maybe Dana Evans, if Chicago decides to give her more minutes, as you know, as they maybe, maybe Kaiser Gonser said, maybe the, maybe the way, Kaiser, maybe the maybe the Fever decide. You know what? This it's finally time. We're just gonna let her just run the offense. Just try your best out there. It yeah. might not go very well, but you're gonna play more than basically anybody else. So you'll exactly. be on the all rookie team, and that's another way you can market her. That's there you go. I mean, she's already sold all their jerseys for them. So that's true. That is very true. Oh man. Um, coach of the year was tough for me. Me too. There are so like you can, like, there's two ways you can go like basically in every league that, that does coach of the year. There's always two ways, either the best coach on the best team mm-hmm. or the coach that's coaching the most surprising team. Mm-hmm. And that usually goes to the team that's most surprising. And that's kind of what I did. I went with Vicki Johnson because okay. obviously I think nobody thought the wings were going to be 500 at the 18 game mark at basically midway through. They have a chance yeah. to go over 500 tonight. Um, but I, there are plenty of other, like, obviously, Walt Hopkins, you could say as well. The yeah. Liberty are super surprising. They dealt with a ton of injuries. He was uh, one of mine, too, Walt Hopkins. He would have definitely, he's, I think he might be my second choice just because, like, the, the injuries they've had to endure, they were already surprising as it was. And mm-hmm. they're still 500, missing Natasha Howard. Sabrina Inescu missed a bunch of games. Yeah. They're starting a rookie, like, which is basically no team, no other team is doing and getting good minutes out of her. Yeah. But, but Nigel Laney has turned into a superstar. Uh, so I'm going to go Vicki Johnson, but who do you have? Um, I, Walt Hopkins was also up there for me. Um, I mean, Connecticut's having a really good run. So I was like, mm-hmm. maybe Kurt Miller, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, but he also had that thing with, with Liz. That's Kimby, true. So like, that I don't true. Know. Um, and then also, I mean, this is based off of the teams that I watch most, but the storm are also mm-hmm. doing very well and they just got their new coach, Noel Quinn. And I think she's doing amazing. Yeah. She's definitely a bit more of like a reserved coach. And, mm-hmm. but I also think that like, it's been such a seamless transition that, you know, obviously she was really prepared and she's doing really well and she has the support of her team. So mm-hmm. she was up there for me too. Yeah. I, I, there, there, there are so many coaches that could have got, like I, the one, like, even like if, when we were talking about like, okay, it could be the best team or it could be the most surprising team. Bill Ambeer is probably not winning, unfortunately. <laughs> That's what I thought too. Cause I was like, Vegas is doing well, but also no, <laughs> they could be doing better, which is even the craziest thing is like, they have, it's just, they have such a deep roster. They have such an insane roster that like, and we'll get to six women in a second. Mm-hmm. They could have two people up for that award and they already have a crazy starting five. So I, I'm not giving it to Bill Ambeer. I'm going to give it to Vicki Johnson. I think Vicki yeah. Johnson right now should win it, but there are plenty of coaches. Like that was one of the tougher ones for me. Yeah. Uh, most improved player. Again, I'm going to be biased on this one. Like I was for coach of the year. I'm going to say Marina Mabry. Uh, yeah. She's been like, I just, some of the three she hits. I like, I laugh out. There are very few players. I laugh out loud when they're going like a Steph Curry, when he's going, I start laughing like Marina Mabry. When she really starts rolling, she had, I think she had 20, 28 points the other night. And like was just hitting some ridiculous, like some step back threes, come off pick and rolls, hit the three. Like she's been absolutely insane this year. And mm-hmm. I did not see this coming, like at all. Like I she like, like I said, like I said earlier, she could have been out of the league if they decided to. Like yeah. she didn't have a great first two seasons with LA and then Dallas last year. They easily could have said, All right, you know what? Sorry, Marina, like you tried, but she worked on her game and she came in the season, had the opportunity, and took advantage of it. 
I think she could even be up for six. She's not playing, she's not starting games anymore. So she could be up for six one of the year by the end of the year as well. But most improved player kind of seems like the one for her. Like, it seems like she's the leader for that right now. Yeah, I put her as well. Okay, yeah. Yeah, for all of the same reasons. Like every time (laughs) I watch Dallas, it's just like, it's her. And like, Mm -hmm. like you said, like she didn't have a very, like, you know, strong start. And I think she was just one of the lucky ones where she just found her way in and she, you know, you know, found her way into Dallas and they've given her the chance. And like, yeah, those threes that she makes are insane. I, I think it was, I forget which one of the teams that I watched that she was playing, but yeah, just hitting crazy threes and her and Enrique together, they have good chemistry obviously because mm. they're best friends. And it just, yeah, I think it's, it's been really, it's been a really good environment for her. And um, I think it was Phoenix because that was the game that her and Skylar Diggins Smith were oh, like yeah. fighting, <laughs> which I loved. I was like, let's go. Um, but yeah. And, so yeah, I put her as well, just because, you know, I've seen, and I think if Benajah Laney hadn't won last year and she had just kind of like come this year and been like doing her thing, yeah. then maybe I would say her, but she won it last year. So, you know, I mean, you could but. even make the argument though, that she went from like an all-star caliber, like ish, like a borderline all-star last year to like kind of in the MVP conversation for a oh, bit yeah. of this season. Like you could even argue like, Hey, she's improved. She's taken that step to being one of the best players in the league. That's another most, like that's an argument for most improved player. I mean, I, again, I wouldn't do it, but, yeah. but, but I, I could see the argument being made. Another one that I'm going to mention for most improved, and I'm going to bring her up for six one of the year as well as Kelsey Plum. Kelsey okay, Plum yeah. is having the best season of her career. And like oh, last, sure. I mean, last night, as we're recording this on Monday, last night, she had 23, led the aces to another win. She, I yep. think they had the 118 points last night and Kelsey Plum had 23 of them. Damn. She's been she, absolutely ridiculous this year. Yeah. She played, I think it was against uh, Phoenix or Seattle last week at some point. Mm-hmm. And she had an amazing game too. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah. And she's on the, the, th- the three on three team. Three, yeah. On the three on three team for the U S and, that might be like a huge, you know, confidence boost in her, but yeah, I've seen that. And she's just, she's having an amazing season too. So yeah, I agree with that. And on a Liberty or not Liberty, a Las Vegas roster where you have so much like talent around Mm -hmm. you to be able to, you know, stand out like that is like really, really amazing. Yeah. Kelsey, like, and she was on the three on three team for the qualifiers as well. And Mm -hmm. she came back and like, I know, there was a big controversy with the wings that like Chelsea Gray, not sorry, not Chelsea Gray, um, Alicia Gray came mm-hmm. back from three on three and wasn't playing as many minutes. Yeah. And Vicky Johnson was saying, you know, she's trying to work her way back and from, from three on three. Kelsey Plum came back and was having like, again, like it's had the best stretch of her career since coming back from three on three. I think that gave yeah. her a ton of confidence, like you said. And I yeah. think the Olympics will just raise that even more because she's a talented player. Like she was one of the best scorers in like college history. And yeah. now she, then she had a bit of a tough start to her career, but now she's kind of showing like, okay, this is what I was in college. This is the type of player I'm supposed to be. And I'm, I'm so happy that we're seeing that from her. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sixth woman of the year. I had, I, I have a tie and okay. I don't want to have a tie, but it's between two teammates and it's tough for me to differentiate between which one should get the award. Like kind of with the jazz this year in the, in the men's league that yeah. uh, Joe Ingles and Jordan Clarkson both got like nominated for that award. Yeah. I think you could say either Dierica Hamby or Kelsey Plum this year. And I wouldn't be surprised with either one. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with those. I also put uh, jazz Jones has been playing really good mm-hmm. for the Liberty as well. She, yeah. um, she came actually, they played, I think Saturday or Sunday and she had an amazing game. Like she's the reason that they won. It was a really tight game and the Liberty came back from like 20 at the half, which was insane. Like I debated mm-hmm. turning it off and then I was like, ah, I'm going to keep watching it. And then they came <laughs> back and it was insane. Um, but yeah, she's having an incredible season too. And I think it's hard. Like 
you know, with the Liberty, they have, you know, they have their core starters and yeah. unless one of them gets injured, that's probably going to stay like that. But she comes in and she provides so much like energy off of the bench that mm-hmm. I think New York really needs sometimes. Cause with that young roster, I feel like sometimes if they get into those blow up situations, they get frustrated. They, you know, might kind of lose their confidence and she just comes in and she's just like all energy and all, mm-hmm. you know, and she like flipped over the rail the last time. <laughs> I saw crazy. that. That was ridiculous. It was, she went flying. Yeah other teams bench too and her feet (laughs) it was nuts and Michaela was just like hopping trying to like see if she was okay but yeah I I am really liking how she's playing too and uh, I think that energy from that sixth person is really what you need when you're coming off the bench Mm -hmm. and I I think that's one of the that's another one of the players for the Liberty where like it's a younger she's a younger player and was on the team last year through that god-awful season won two games last year but she got to play a ton and now she's here she's like okay now i'm like i know my role i have a specific role and like we're actually playing on a good team yeah and like it just made it made life so much easier for her and i i I can't disagree with that pick at all yeah going back to what i was saying about you know the liberty's strategy and what they did last year and got seven rookies and Mm. you know obviously their last season was like terrible but then now you have this team that has a lot of chemistry and Mm. you know has a lot of energy because they're so fresh and so new and i feel like that's really worked in their favor yeah they they like they had the young roster like you said earlier and now they brought in like like you said the veteran pieces with benaja laney and natasha howard hasn't been there for a ton of the games but she's been around the team and i'm sure that helps just having her there even when like sabrina hasn't played well lately it doesn't it doesn't it hasn't mattered really like they've still been like they haven't been fantastic with they were at the start of the season but they've still been a 500 team which is like much better than what you were last year this is already a step forward you're probably going to be in the playoffs because the east like isn't that great you can probably make it you'll probably make it in the east as a 500 team yeah. i mean the wings will probably make it as a 500 team too but there yeah. are so many other teams in the west that are like around the same we'll get we'll get to the wings and the rest of the rest of the west in a second uh defensive player of the year is my this is my strongest like i feel most strongly about this pick okay it is not sylvia fowles i'm going to be so (laughs) upset i am like the way she has played she's the only player that's the top five in defensive rebounding steal and block rate she's in the top five in just raw like total rebound steals and blocks like she's been unbelievable it's true and just, I hope it's not, I hope they, they don't take it away from her because she's playing on a defense that isn't that great around her. Like yeah. she has, I think I saw that she has the second highest defensive rating, which isn't like a single player stat, but even still having the second highest defensive rating on a defense that's not that good. Mm-hmm. Like she's been incredible and they better not take it away from her because she's not playing on a great team. That is my strongest pick for this. I don't want to hear, I, I, I don't, I, I don't think anybody else should win the award, but her. Yeah, but- it's true. I, I, I'll listen to other, I'll listen. Who do you have? I'll listen to other names, but I, I that's my strongest <laughs> opinion is that one. Um, I mean, I had her as well. Um, it's hard, like def- defense player of the year. There's so many people mm-hmm. who could be up for that award just because one, it's like, you know, you have all those bigs, you have like Liz Cambage and, you know, all these people who are just like really good and, mm-hmm. you know, are not only, they're more like two-way players where, you know, yeah. they're making their their mark in the offense and then coming back and doing it on the defense. And a lot of it is size too. Like, I feel like in the WNBA, more than the NBA, like that size difference is seen more. You have mm-hmm. these players like Liz Cambage and, you know, people who are that tall with, you know, the players that are shorter. And so I feel like that makes it a little bit different when you mm-hmm. look at how players play defensively. Um, yeah. Sylvia Fowers for sure. I had this weird thought where I was like, not this year, but definitely like if she, if she continues playing and improving, I think Dee Dee Richards eventually mm-hmm. will get it. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. 
Yeah, eventually. I mean, she got it in college. I think mm. this last season she got yeah. defensive player of the year for like either the the entire na- like national defensive right. player of the year, I think. I think um, she got her conferences. I think she got the conference. Yeah, one her as conference well. and the national one. So I mean, and just the minutes I've seen her play, she's incredible on mm. defense. And I think eventually she'll get it. But yeah, Sylvia Fowles and um yeah, I think I feel like that team's about to go on a really good run. They've just had so many injuries. The Lynx have been just snake bitten with all the injuries in the world. Like it feels like I, I read another tweet. It's like, oh, yeah. the Lynx have put this person on, you know, like mm-hmm. they're injured and now we have to sign another hardship exception, hardship yeah. exception after hardship exception. Mm-hmm. But Sylvia Fowles has been the constant for them and she has just been absolutely ridiculous defensively. I think, I mean, obviously Brianna Stewart's in it every year. She's an incredible yeah. two-way player. Like you said, Liz Cambage, Brittany Griner probably has oh, a yeah. shout at it this year. True. Um, I'd like to see more love for Candace Parker, which uh, that's what I, we'll get to. Well, I mean, we'll get to Candace Parker in a second, but I'm sure yeah. she'll, um, I'm sure she'll be up there for defensive player of the year as she usually is. Another one I had too was, uh, uh, Brianna Turner on Phoenix. Mm, that's a good She's one. Really that is a really good one. That is She's really, really, good, really well. good. Yeah. yeah. So for MVP, mm-hmm. I'm not going to say my pick yet, but <laughs> I think more love needs to be given to Candace Parker for this award. Because I've only seen, I've seen the person I have, I've seen her at the top of the, like pretty much the top of the MVP leaderboards. I think obviously you have Brianna Stewart, Asia Wilson's obviously going to be up there. Liz Cambage, all the best players on the best teams are going to be up there. Benajah Laney has been getting some buzz from Liberty Mm -hmm. fans, but Candace Parker, like you, like we talked about this earlier, you saw the difference, what the sky looked like without Candace Parker and the the sky still have really talented players on their team. Obviously a team with Allie Quigley and Courtney Vanderson are going to be really good. Candace Parker takes them to a whole nother level. Like I think they were at one point like seven and zero, eight and zero with her on the team. I think they have two losses with her now. One of them to the Wings, um, <laughs> but they've just been blowing teams out with Candace Parker. Like they blew at the Liberty twice. I'm pretty sure twice. they blew at the row. Wings before they before the Wings beat them the game before the game after. Like I think Candace Parker, if she gets to play the second half of the season, doesn't get injured again. I think yeah. she I think she might overtake my pick right now. John oh, yeah. Paul Jones. I have John Paul Jones, but. Okay. I think Candace Parker will overtake her by the end of the year. She keeps playing. I think so too. Like you don't even have to watch the sky and just look at their record when she's in and (laughs) to see how much of an impact she's making. And I Mm. think that's, you know, mostly because she's an amazing player and she's like, I think in her prime and doing Mm. amazing. And I think she's also now in an environment where, you know, they are so like happy that she's there and they're doing everything around and for her. And mm-hmm. then at the same time, you know, she made the decision to go there. And so obviously I think she's in a really good place right now as well, like personally. And so that obviously is going to help your game. And yeah, I, she's, she's incredible. I'm such like a Candace Parker fan, <laughs> but yeah, I think she definitely has a shot at it too. I also said John Quill Jones. And yeah. then my little like side was Benajah Laney because. <laughs> of course. Uh, have to, have to. <laughs> you have to. Uh, but just for, we'll, we'll talk about John Quill Jones because she does deserve it. Instead of us just gushing about how good Candace Parker has been. <laughs> Obviously, John Quill Jones being both of our MVPs, having 21 points, 10 rebounds. I believe she's shooting, yeah, shooting 44% from three. Like that, that's one of the best. She shot 30% last year, brought it up to 44% again this year. Mm-hmm. She's been absolutely ridiculous. She hasn't, she's never been like the best offensive player on the team, but you've seen the impact. Like she's been a great defensive player, mm-hmm. but now you're seeing like, okay, she's grown as an offensive player. And you saw what the sun, like the sun still did pretty well while she was gone. Yeah. But they weren't the best team in the league like they were when she's there. Yeah. And if they get the stay at the t- if they stay at the top of the league or at least the top of the East, yeah. she probably has a great chance to win MVP as long as Candace Parker doesn't keep doing what she's doing. Like, I think it'll yeah. come down to those two at the end of the season. Oh, for sure. And like you said, if Candace Parker 
stays healthy and continues and gets that nice like Olympic break because she's mm. not on the Olympic team. So. <laughs> but if she has that break and she comes back and continues playing how she's playing, yeah, I think Candace Parker definitely is up there. But yeah, John Cole Jones like is another one. She went away to Europe to uh, compete in like their championships, and you could even tell like again she was gone and they struggled a little bit more. Um, but they had that like six, seven and zero or six and zero start at the mm. beginning and you know, that can a lot be, you know, contribute or credited to her. They've only lost three times with John Cole Jones in the lineup. That's a little bit silly to me. That's, that's kind of nuts. They, like this team is like, all again, obviously they're really good yeah. like, without her, yeah. but they're like, you could argue they're the best team in the WNBA outside of the storm and the aces, yeah. like non storm aces division. They, <laughs> they're best team in the, in the WNBA. Probably. Probably. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, we'll, again, we'll see how the sky do like, it, this. Sure. The big asterisk is like, okay, we'll see what Candace Parker just decides to go just bonkers and just end worlds. Like she tends to do. So I'm, yeah. we, I think we have, we had a lot of similar ones. We had, uh, we had the same pick for MVP defensive player of the year, yeah. most improved player rookie of the year. Yeah. And I think, but I think there are still a lot of good candidates. Like it's not like overwhelming aside from rookie of the year. That's yeah. very overwhelming. <laughs> there are still pretty good candidates for basically every single award. And yeah. I, again, that just goes to how deep the talent pool is in the WNBA. And just some of these people are like, again, not all of the people that are getting cut are going to be up for these awards. Obviously yeah. not, but the talent is deep in the WNBA and there are a lot of really good players. That's a, a, not a very hot take. I don't think. Yeah. But I think the difference is that a lot of the players that you're seeing now succeed even in their veteran years were those mm -hmm. number one, number two picks back in the day. Like Candace right. Parker was the number one pick, you know, both Sue Bird and Diana Trossi were the number one pick. Like you think about which players make it. And then I mm -hmm. like, you know, 10 years, five years out of when of their draft. And, you know, it's the same story that, you know, we're saying now it's the people mm -hmm. who were at least one to five. Yeah, exactly. And so. I mean, John Quill Jones was the sixth overall pick. Like she was still really good. Yeah. Um, so when Karina and I did our NBA awards, we did some fun awards. So I'm going to do some fun ones here too. Yeah. Uh, let's start with best dress. I think we actually might have the same one for best dress. Probably. I, only Dee Dee, I said DD Richards for best <laughs> yeah, dress. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's either her, like Kaiser Godrasek. I feel like it's yeah. like the rookies have come in and like yeah, the, the entire style. Yeah, another one. Yeah. Like I feel like the rookies have come in and just kind of changed the style, the entire style of the WNBA, which is kind of nice. I love it. They're like, and I feel, yeah, they're very, especially the yeah dd dd richards and um dijanae carrington and they're just yeah they're taking it to the next level like mm -hmm. i feel like there's that kind of like idea that people have of like basketball players and what they look like and you know maybe that's more of a stereotype or you know that they dress a bit more you know androgynous or whatever but mm -hmm. then you have these girls coming in and it's like lashes <laughs> nails hair clothes and it's like the i love that they're dressing up this much just to walk into the yeah the oh it's, it's great it, it's fantastic changed. like i love the effort and i love the like like uh the what am i trying to say i'm trying to say like they've made it into a thing like yeah you know, the WNBA every week does like who was the best dress mm -hmm. and like who wore the best shoes. And they're, I think they're making a really big statement about like how basketball players don't have to fit into that mm -hmm. one style mm -hmm. because as much as they're, you know, turning it out, I think they all also have different styles. And oh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, Dee Dee Richards with her puffs and everything. <laughs> I love it. And that's, that's like my favorite was... part of game day. <laughs> oh yeah. Like what, what, what hair, what hair does what, what, how did DD style her hair this week? I like, and that's the other thing. It's not even just like coming into the games on the court too. Like they look good on the court as well. Like 
Didi has her hair going all the time. Like it, it's it like and the lashes. I mean, obviously you can't take off the lashes before no. the game. Yeah. So like you have the the nails and the lashes. Like it all looks good and it looks good on and off the court. Yeah. I want to give one shout out to again my uh, my bias for the wings. Izzy Harrison on the wings look like. She comes yeah. in looking great every single game. And like yeah. she wa- like she said it in past interviews, like she wants to do modeling like at some point in her career. And I mean, yeah. there's no better way to start that career than like getting the fits off before the game. That's the best oh, way yeah. to start. In so, that tunnel. I- yeah, exactly. So I think Dee Dee Richards was a solid one. Um, yeah. Best buzzer beater, because there have been a ton of them. Uh, I'll let you go it's first, because mine, mine's going to be obvious. It's a biased pick, but I'll let you go first. Okay, yeah, yours is going to be by, I know already in your in my head which one yours is. This one was so hard for me. Like, there's so many. Mm-hmm. I did say Kia Nurses. Oh, the yeah. Step. Yeah. That was, I was watching that here and I was by myself. And the Phoenix Mercury came back from like a 14 point deficit or something in that game. I thought it was over. They came back. They had that one play. They had a timeout too. And Kia Nurse just like barrels down the floor, <laughs> Euro steps from half court. And it, it, was, that it. Was, it was nuts. It, ridiculous. That that one. And I mean, again, like my anti, I, I wasn't going to pick this one because it came against the wings, but Jewel Lloyd's was absolutely insane oh too. Yes. Because that one was like, up there too barely any time left and she just like a rainbow like just let it go and yeah, it was the unbelievable it. it was unbelievable oh my gosh because yeah. I, I was convinced the wings had won that game i was like all right perfect mm-hmm. they beat the storm that's like win of the season right there yeah but then they yep. came back the next night the next game and yeah. Enrique Agumawale hit a goddamn buzzer. She hit two clutch shots in that game, too, yeah. because she is the most clutch player in the WNBA, in my <laughs> biased opinion. Yeah. Uh, so that obviously is going to be my number one. But obviously, the Kia Nurse one, you can't go wrong. Sabrina Ionescu, you can't go wrong. Yeah, with that. that one was my second one. Was the yeah. My top three were Kia Nurse, the Sabrina game, like the game opener one. That was like, I wasn't sure if I was going to cheer for the Liberty this this time that like first three games i was like i'm in Sign the <laughs> um that one and then also the diana tarasi one the the game opener oh the one that like took forever to figure out if it was actually a buzzer beater or not because the clock yeah, stopped exactly and that one just goes to show how clutch diana tarasi is because she literally just like doo, doo, psh, okay cool like <laughs> that was it so those were those were my top ones i think the key nurse one won though because one she said it herself she never gets those game winning shots mm-hmm. in and it was just like I think her reaction is what yeah. made it for me. Like she was shocked and just, it was just fell down. She immediately just fell to the ground. Like, I just cannot believe what just happened. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, she's like our, our Canadian homegirl. So oh yeah, gotta, of course. Got to give I, her, give her time. I like the stark contrast between like Kia nurse's reaction and Enrique Gumbawale. Like Kia nurse is like, I have never done this before. Enrique is like, what are you talking about? I want a championship doing this. Come on. Yeah, This exactly. is nothing for me. <laughs> That I go back and sometimes I watch that her her game winning shot for I do it Notre all the time. Dame. I do it all the time. Uh, <laughs> I watch both. <laughs> I watch those two and then I watch her appearance on Ellen. Um, yes. I, I, I obviously Enrique is like she's my favorite player in the W. Like she's just yeah. she's so incredible. I mm-hmm. I feel like I haven't talked about her enough on this podcast, but just I, like her streak of 10, 10 plus point games is just getting yeah. silly at this point. I want to see if she can break through. I think the record is like I think it's in the nineties, so it'll take her a couple seasons to do it, but. I'll be here if she does it, damn it. Um, <laughs> biggest surprise, it could be a team or a player or any surprise that you've had this season. Uh, I'll let you go first because I did two teams, but I'll, okay. I'll let you go first. Mine was a team too. I said the New York Liberty because I was yeah. not expecting them to come out as hard as they did. Mm. Um, and then they did. I think they won their first. They went like 5-0 and or something or like 4-0. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was just shocking. And I think for everyone because they had such a terrible season last year. But... Yeah. And then they came out and they just had so much energy and so much chemistry and mm-hmm. were just so like so well meshed, despite the fact that they had so many new players, so many rookies, so many just like second year players. Mm-hmm. And I 
went in like, ah, like maybe I'll cheer for New York. And then I left that like beginning stretch. Like I'm all in. <laughs> That's kind of Karina. Shout out to Karina. She was kind of the, she's the. She, she changed a lot of opinions on the New York Liberty for sure. I didn't, I didn't. <laughs> it was easy too, because the, the, they started out hot. Like my, my, my wings propaganda didn't get off to a great start. So everyone wrote them off. It's funny. Cause like I have both the with the wings and the Liberty as my biggest surprise. And they're both playing tonight. They're both 500, but yeah. they had opposite starts of the season. Like the Liberty got out to an insane start. The wing started like, I think it was like one and four or one and five, like basically the opposite of the Liberty. And now they're sitting at the same record because the, the wings got super hot. However, I have changed Karina's mind about the wings. That is now her second favorite. Like they had moved up nice. to her second favorite team. Really? So, yes. Love so it. I, I'm taking that. I take that as a win. I've at least convinced one person to start watching more wings games. Yeah. At one point I was like, they need to hire you, Karina. I was like, we're <laughs> he was like getting people left, right, and center. Oh, yeah. Year, and I was one of them. So <laughs> I'm convinced that the wings had that start. I could have convinced more people. Probably. I could I could have done it, but they started out so so poorly that people had made up their minds on the wings already. But it's now they're like, coming around. They're coming yeah, around. Yeah, it's hard in the season, especially this season, because they got so much preseason like hype that people were coming in like fresh and being like, "Who am I going to cheer for?" Yeah, and especially for us in Toronto who don't have a like a home team. Exactly. We're pick whoever we like right and so like I was going in like oh I really like Kia Nurse and Diana Trossi I'm gonna cheer for Phoenix and then New York and then Seattle came along and so it was like yeah so it's I think especially with the the W getting so much hype these days you know you have to really start out strong in the season Mm -hmm. because you have so many new fans coming in every season and there's only 12 teams like the odds of you having a team in your city is not that high so (laughs) so you just pick whoever that you like at the at that time so Mm. yeah I mean, I only got into the, I only got into the wings because of Arike. Like it, I yeah. chose them last year because of Arike, and I knew her name from like her her shots in college, and I like followed her a little bit. And I was like, okay, it's time to pick a team. She's the player I, I've liked watching the most. So I'll just pick her. But if I came into the season, I probably would have picked like I probably picked the Aces to be honest with you because yeah. I they, I like basically all their players. Like Liz Cambage, uh, we'll talk about her in a second. Like she's one of like the best personalities in the entire league. Yeah. Uh, so like, I, I think I probably would have picked. They're probably my second team, but. Yeah. I just, yeah, I, I had to stick with, I, I obviously it's hard to cheer for the wings with what they do in their organization and some of the things they do organizationally, Yeah, but I, I like to just, I focus on the, I, I put my blinders on, I focus on the players, the players exactly. will make the team for me. Yeah. Uh, and then I, I had the Liberty as well as my other surprise team. Mm-hmm. Also shout out to the Washington Mystics. I wanted to message, mention them because they've yeah. had, again, like, like the links, they've had so many injuries, Elena Deladon out again. Like oh, they just haven't had so her for the last two seasons, like two, like a CLL season and a half now, but mm-hmm. And they just kept chugging along. They're still the Washington Mystics. They lost some players in the offseason. Doesn't matter. They're still good. They're mm-hmm. still going to probably make the playoffs. So yep. shout out to the Mystics as well. Uh, the biggest disappointment, again, team or player, uh, I had the Mercury mm. because they, I, I think everyone kind of thought they were going to be in that upper tier. They're going to kind of make the jump. Like, okay, yeah. they added Kia Nurse. They still have, you know, Skyler. They still have Brittany Griner. So mm-hmm. DT. So they, they, let's see them ascend into that second tier, the next tier of like, okay, they're going to be as good as the storm and, well, you know, push the aces a little bit mm-hmm. and they kind of have it. And that's like, obviously Diana Taurasi missed time, but yeah. you still have three like really talented, you have two all-stars and Kia nurse. Like you still have a really, really talented team. Kia nurse I, was an all-star too. Yeah, exactly. So like, yeah. and she, I believe she won the MVP in the Australian league as well. If I'm not mistaken. I think so Yeah. But like, and obviously she's, like, she's an incredible player. Like she's Canada's she's so, sweetheart. <laughs> yeah, obviously she's, she's basically the face of Canadian women's basketball. It's but, true. Um, So I, I, I think they, I just thought they would have been better this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously there's, there's still probably a playoff team, but the mm-hmm. fact that like the wings and the mercury are at the same record at this point in the season is probably more of an indictment on the mercury than it is on the wings, <laughs> to be honest with you. Yeah. A little bit. Uh, yeah. who, who was yours? 
Um, a little bit the Mercury. I mean, I'm not giving up hope yet. No, the... they're still going to be good. They're still oh, a yeah, good team. For sure. Um, uh, yeah, it was hard. I think as much as I don't, I feel bad saying Sabrina. I'm wearing her. That's true. <laughs> um, and I don't think it's any, it's nothing against her. She's an incredible player and she's an incredible playmaker as well. Mm-hmm. I think she had such a hot start that people were just expecting it to like last through the whole season. Going, yeah. And then her injury kind of flared up again mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. And I mean, a lot of people have mentioned that like Sabrina, like this is technically her rookie season. Like she played mm-hmm. two or three games last season, then got injured, yeah. didn't play for 10 months. And now is starting again. Like she was robbed of her rookie season. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like she's, you know, obviously she's never going to like tank and whatever and no. fade away. But I think she's still in that adjustment period that a lot of people see in rookies. But now she's in her her second year. And but all that's because she was robbed of her rookie season. Yeah. So, I mean, I wouldn't call it a disappointment just because I don't know. I love her. I feel bad. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> but um, I think she just had a really, really hot start. And, you know, obviously her injury is a factor. And I still think the Liberty have like a really good you know, playoff push mm-hmm. coming for them. And I think this is only the beginning for them. And I, it's only the beginning for her too. So yeah. she's on the up. It was just like, she had such high expectations thrust upon her that like, yeah. she hasn't met those incredibly high expectations. So it's a slight disappointment that she hasn't gotten there, but she's still been really good in the minutes that she's played. It's been, you know, she hasn't been as great as her start was, but again, like you mentioned, the the injury didn't help with that. She came, maybe came back a bit too early, um, yeah. but she's still working through it. And then again, the, the Liberty have so many great players that you have to like spread the ball and she can't be the number one. She's not the number one scorer on that team. That's been no. job. So yeah, but I, I don't I, think I that's her, her job. I don't no, think exactly. that it's at that point. I think that her job is, especially because she's not that veteran presence. I think her job is just to get other people points mm-hmm. and she's so good at that. She has such good like court vision. And so, you know, I have a feeling that when she settles into that role a little bit and she kind of, you know, you know, her injury hopefully, you know, gets back mm-hmm. to hundred percent and she kind of starts settling in a little bit more. I feel like it's just kind of been a, a, bit, a lot of a roller coaster for her. Yeah. Uh, my one other one, I'll say uh, just basically, well, not, I, I'm not going to say the whole rookie class, but mm-hmm. the wings yeah. rookies in particular, <laughs> like yeah. again, two of them aren't playing and Charlie Collier hasn't been great when she has played. And there were a lot of expectations that those three, well, maybe not Chelsea Dungy as much as a walk in Charlie, but yeah. At least, the, like, those, again, still those three just haven't done a lot. It's been basically everybody else for the Wings, all the yeah. more veteran players, and even though some of them aren't really veterans, like, so still a lot of them are still second or third-year players. But yeah, uh, the, the, I'll say the rookie class overall, aside from Michaela Anwede, but still, like, the rookie class as a whole has been a little bit of a letdown this season. But there have been yeah. extenuating factors on that as well. For sure. Uh, and then best social media personality. This, again, could be a team account, a player, a group of players. Yeah. Uh, I went with Liz Cambage slash the entire Aces roster. Mm-hmm. I feel like every day I just, I see the Aces. I don't even have TikTok and I see the Aces <laughs> are making new TikToks and dancing yeah. and making just the, these fun videos. I, I love their, like the personality on that team so much. They have so many like fun outgoing. And obviously Liz Cambage is like the star of that. And like, she has the biggest personality on that team. Yeah. But they just, they have so much fun and you can tell that like, they all just enjoy being around each other. I, yeah. I mean, there's a story that came out about a certain team the other day that maybe they don't enjoy being around each other as much, but you can tell the aces do. You can yeah. see the aces enjoy hanging out with each other. And like, it's like they come together. I mean, they basically played together for the last two. It's basically the same roster from last season. Yeah. So, I mean, I think this is such a fun group. So I, I think that was kind of Liz Cambage and then the aces team as a whole, who was yeah. your, did you have a player, a team account, a team? 
Um, my first one is a team account. The mm-hmm. Phoenix Mercury yeah. <laughs> team is giving me life. They're so funny, so good. And they just like, I love the way that they just like egg the other team's social yeah. media accounts. And I love all their little videos after they, mm-hmm. like if when they win. So that is hilarious. And I know now, because I one time they posted something funny and I think it was Brianna Turner who commented like, something something like evan needs a raise so the guy who does it his name is evan and so now like people who follow the phoenix mercury know that the guy's name is evan so we're like come on evan like or good job evan so he's good and then also my other one is also a group effort as well but also all like the twitter beef that's been happening oh yeah which is hilarious yeah that day that um it was like Jazz Jones and Skylar Diggins Smith going mm. at it because of the Bleacher Report of all things. Like, really? Um, <laughs> but it was just so funny. And it's always on Mondays. It's always on the day off. And mm. yeah, that that's hilarious too because it's like they're getting into into that beef. And Skylar's gonna give it. So oh yeah, like all the all of the Notre Dame. I feel like just all the Notre Dame players have like some for some reason they're all just like super feisty. They have a big chip on their shoulder. Like Skylar, I believe Marina has two texts this year and then Enrique leads the league in texts at four. Yeah. Like, I feel like all the Notre Dame players are just like, they have a chip on their shoulder and they're super feisty. And I mean, two of them got into it with each other. Like, it's, yeah. like that's, that's the worst situation is two Notre Dame players like going head to head. It's like, that's about as feisty and like as like aggressive as it's going to get. Yeah, that was nuts. I forget. I, don't, I think they each got a tech for that or something, but Probably, they were like yeah. yelling at each other. And I was like, show more, mic them up. <laughs> And it's I like, like it's not like I want to pit women against each other, no, but it's like not. it's you know you're playing the game. It's competitive. Yeah. It's in the heat of the moment. I'm sure like afterwards, if yeah. things actually happen, they'd be like, eh, whatever. But- oh yeah, I, I'm pretty sure there was an interview with Marina. Like it was a big feature piece on her, and they talked about that. And she's like, yeah, like it's we're fine after. Like it's just like the heat of the game. Like Skylar and I are friends still. It doesn't really matter. That's just yeah. like what happens in games. Like these things happen. Exactly. You trash talk. It's amazing, and it makes it more fun. <laughs> I also want to shout out Arike had like her Twitter isn't like the, like her social media game is good, but she mm-hmm. had one tweet in particular the other day where she said every time the Wings GM sends her the like the, the text or the email about a technical foul, he just wants she just wants to block his number every time. <laughs> I thought that was the best. I mean, she has four texts now because she is just like I think because the Wings are good, like she's not obviously mm-hmm. she's always competitive, but now that they're like good and like could make the playoffs, she's like extra competitive and like she thinks like okay, like every game matters that we're five hundred, like every game matters. We want to get above yeah. five hundred, and like she's like she's even more feisty than she would normally be and she's always like saying something like she did like complaining about fouls like mm-hmm. she thinks she either didn't foul someone or she got fouled or one of her teammates didn't foul someone yeah. like she has been on edge all, all season and it's been great it has made wings games so much more entertaining to watch than they already are yeah my favorite was when that was happening with skylar and marina and enrique was just running over like <laughs> backing up her girl and i thought it was so funny <laughs> I'm so happy that they get to play together. I'm so happy that those two get to play together. And they're, they're both good. They're both yeah. really good and get to play together. That's the best part. Like, it could it was, it was one thing last year when, like, Marina was on the team, mm-hmm. but it was like Enrique was doing, like, all the work and, like, was the best player on the team last year and probably yeah. still is. But now, like, Marina is, like, one of the reasons they're as good as they have been this season. And, like, it's really cool to see them playing together. Yeah. Um, Thank you so much for coming on. <laughs> I, I Do you have anything else to add about the WNBA? Any, any, last, uh, any last thoughts? Any parting thoughts? Oh man, it's been so fun to watch this year. I, <laughs> it has. Like, the jerseys have been incredible. I think they're just really mm. stepping up and it, it, it's good. You know, I think mm. they, 
the WNBA as a whole stands for a lot of really good things. And the mm-hmm. more like, you know, fans and the more attention gets put on them, I think they're only just going to go better places with mm-hmm. it. So I, I'm optimistic about where the W is going. And honestly, it's been more enjoyable than this past season of the NBA was. <laughs> I mean, personally, for me, I've enjoyed the W the NBA season yeah. quite a bit because yeah. my team is in the final now. But it's been it's been hard to like when there are days that like, you know, the wings are playing on the same day as a Bucks playoff game. I'm like, all right, I got to have two screens going because I'm not missing the wings game. But I have to watch the Bucks playoff game as well. Yeah. And it's been obviously a lot of fun this season with the wings being good. And like there are just more teams that are competitive than I expected to be this year, to be honest with you. I, d- I didn't expect there to be like basically only one team, one or two teams that weren't very good this year. So yeah. it's been it's been fun. I, I've definitely enjoyed it. Uh, I'll give you a chance to plug, plug whatever you want to plug, Twitter, anything you want. This is your chance. Um, you can follow me at Twitter at Chelsea late, uh, just Chelsea and then L E I T E all lowercase, uh, and on Instagram too. Um, and that's it. All right. <laughs> I post, I post most of my, like if I have shows or anything, I post it on Twitter. So follow yeah, me ab- there. Absolutely. Go follow Chelsea, follow the podcast at shoot shot pod, follow me at OMG Bradshaw. I'll be back probably later this week. I think I have another guest coming on another member of Raptors Twitter. Maybe, Maybe he used to be on the podcast. Maybe he didn't. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Maybe he used a co-host. Maybe he used to co-host with me. Uh, Chelsea, thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on again. Thanks for having me. I'll see you guys next week. Bye. Shoot your shot. Hey, come on now. Shoot your shot. Hey, come on. One, two. Shoot your shot. Hey, come on now. Shoot your shot. Shoot it. Shoot it. Shoot it. Shoot it. Shoot your shot. Shoot your shot.